0: the Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Paggs.
1: Hey, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping. I appreciate you taking the time. There's a lot going on, lots to get to. Another big hour coming your way. Campus Reform at the bottom of the up. That's Campus Reform. Uh, Kate Anderson, great reporter from Campus Reform, will be on with us. Going to talk about some nuttiness that's happening in college and uh, university campuses. We've got a lot, of, lot to get to, including this Title IX garbage. And I want to make sure that I'm clear on the Miranda ruling that happened in the Supreme Court today. Because I may not have been as clear earlier. On a Thursday. <laughs> feeling all right. Uh-huh. What's up, Carrie?
2: How's it going? Seems I got you know, to feeling
1: Paul making it happen, Sam along for the ride. I
2: have the with the interesting mood lighting tonight.
1: I'm not sure what's going on with the
2: lighting. The
1: Looking good be, as always. Yeah. Uh huh. I am feeling all right. Thursday, almost Friday. The weekend's almost here. It's how we do. i baby, Hi, glad to have you. There was a ruling on Miranda today. And the Miranda rights are you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. Have you a right to, be, to, to have an attorney if you can't. Can't afford one. We'll provide one for you, so on and so forth. You've heard it on all these cop shows. You've seen it on, um, you've seen it in, in the news. Um, the Miranda story came from 1963, I believe, and then he was convicted in 66 or went to the Supreme Court in 66. And the Supreme Court said that you now have to tell people of their rights to remain silent before you can arrest them um, or before you can use anything they say. You can arrest them, but you can't use anything they say against them until you know they know where their rights are. Well, the ruling that happened in the Supreme Court today doesn't change the fact that what they say can't be used against them in court. They just can't civilly sue the police officer if he or she doesn't read them their rights. That's the difference here. Now, there are some utterances, there are some things that are said that uh, that don't fall under Miranda, but generally speaking, if you're not Mirandized, is how they use it, then what you say in an interrogation, without being mirandized can't be used against you in a court of law but if they do use something against you and and that does go to court and and it's brought up in court stuff that you said before getting those rights read to your the reminder of what your rights are you can't civilly sue the cop who didn't read it to you that's what the ruling says just to make sure they're not saying you don't have to see the miranda warnings anymore they're saying that the police officer can't be held civilly liable if those rights are not enumerated to you by that person Carrie, does that make sense? Uh, it does, yes. Okay, that's what we do. All right, um, I, I want if you're not watching on the stream, for some reason the Twitch stream is jumpy today, but I want you to go there and check it out right now if, if you want to see the handout that was given to Joe Biden. Carrie, have you seen this today? He was handed no. like a
2: cheat sheet. No, I've not seen the
1: cheat sheet. Go right now to JoePags.com, J-O-E-P-A-G-S.com, and click on Watch Now. This is if you're listening live. And live, we're 3 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Go there right now, JoePags.com. Click on Watch Now. And then you'll see this picture I'm about to show. It is a piece of memorandum of some sort on President Letterhead. It is almost pamphlet size. I'm going to show it to you right now. And it says, the President on top. Offshore wind drop by sequence of events. You enter the Roosevelt Room and say hello to participants. You take your seat. They're telling the president what to do. This is like a a five-year-old. Press enters. You give brief comments. And then it says how many minutes he should speak. The next one is press departs. You ask Liz Schuler president AFL-CIO a question note Liz is joining virtually you thank the participants then you depart i listen we in life can only really relate to our own experience i'm not old and decrepit like this guy now listen if you're I know people older than him that are way more lucid and cognizant than he is. Not even his age. I'm not suffering from what Ronnie Jackson says is age-related dementia like this guy is. But let me make a comparison to my career. I have read a few words off the internet today on stories that I wanted to get specifically right. But most of what I've said for the last over two hours now has come off the top of my head. Yes, I communicate for a living, but I think politicians do as well. Um, I'm not saying that I'm special. What I'm saying is I'm not. That you should, if you know what you're going to talk about, and if you know what your schedule is, like I did the interview with with Jim Lehman. I did the interview with, uh, with Kate Anderson that's coming up this hour. I don't have notes in front of me. I know what questions I want to ask. I know where I want to go, and then I go there. If somebody handed me a piece of paper like that, I would have to look at myself in the mirror very, very hard, very closely. And I'd have to say, listen, maybe it's time to not do this anymore. And at some point, we have to realize that there was a reason. I'm going to show it again in case you're just showing up in the chat room. JoePags.com, click on watch now. At some point, we have to realize that them hiding him in the basement the entire time the campaign was going on, that was purposeful. When they said, let's just leave him there, we're fine there, that was purposeful. They didn't want him out there in the public. Because this is how they have to treat him. There was an allegation that Joe Biden had some earpiece in on Inauguration Day, telling him what to do. Salute this guy now. Walk through this door now. Take a left over here. Just yesterday, he announced somebody as his CDC director who was not who was not Rochelle Walensky, who was the CDC director. Oh, yeah. And it just keeps on happening. The guy doesn't have a clue. Two days ago, and I played this for you. He said, "We don't have enough money for the next pandemic. There's going to be another pandemic." He announced the coming next pandemic, and again, this—I I wouldn't give my seven-year-old this list of of how to act and what to do. I don't understand what we're looking at here, Carrie. Have you seen what I'm talking about?
2: No, I haven't seen it yet.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, to me, this—it just—it's—it's it's mind-numbing. Because the rest of the world's watching, going, what is this? Who is this guy? Who's writing these notes? Remember, the Easter Bunny had to save him. The Easter Bunny turns out to be that woman who's annoying. That's it! Get up, get up. The, the woman who keeps kicking the press out of the White House. That's the same woman that was in the Easter Bunny thing. Uh, the other day, Jill Biden had to grab him by the arm and pull him away. Remember when he was at the G7, the G8, the G, whatever the hell it was? He walks away and she has to go grab him and take him away from whoever it was he's talking to. What are we looking at here, man? This this is shameful. This is this is not okay. And the left should be embarrassed. They're not, but they should be. I mean it's it's honestly I mean it's it's so strange that we're still dealing with this, man. So strange. And people are like, "Yeah, but would you rather have Kamala Harris? Yes, I would." Because Kamala Harris is young enough and smart enough that you can debate her and expose her for the horrible politician she is and possibly horrible person she is. You can't do that with this guy because then they'll say that you're, it's elder abuse or you hate the old people or something like that, which is stupid. It doesn't make any sense. And then you get policies coming out of his White House that go against the world swimming body the other day, FINA, that said that if you've gone through puberty as a male, you can't compete against females. Suddenly, we're changing Title IX, which was only put in place to offer equal opportunity and access to athletics to girls back in the 1970s. We're now changing it. And, and Kerry, I believe that you've got this. Title IX will now mean something else. And we're taking out the term biological this way anybody who says they're female can be. Go ahead.
2: From the blaze, the U.S. Department of Education on Thursday released its long-awaited overhaul of Title IX rules and doing one of the major achievements of the Trump administration under former Education Secretary Betsy DeVos. Title IX of the 1972 Education Amendments Act prohibits sex discrimination at educational institutions that receive federal funding. Under the Biden administration's proposed rule change, the definition of sex would be expanded to include sexual identity and gender orientation, which proponents say would prevent discrimination against LGBTQ plus people in schools. The Biden administration would also roll back several Trump-era due process protections for students accused of sexual harassment. When DeVos was education secretary, she released a rule that permitted those accused of sexual misconduct greater opportunity to defend themselves during Title IX proceedings. The rules, which were controversial at the time, required that alleged sexual harassment had to be so severe, pervasive, and objectively offensive that it effectively denies a person equal access to the school's education program or activities in order to trigger Title IX proceedings. Due process advocates praised the Trump administration for ensuring that colleges and universities give those accused of sexual harassment a fair opportunity to defend themselves during live hearings and cross-examination. But critics said the rules made it harder for victims of sexual assault to seek justice against the person who violated them. Over the last 50 years, Title IX has paved the way for millions of girls and women to access equal opportunity in our nation's schools and has been instrumental in combating sexual assault and sexual violence in educational settings, Secretary of Education Miguel Cordona said on Thursday. As we celebrate the 50th anniversary of this landmark law, our proposed changes will allow us to continue that progress and ensure all our nation's students, no matter where they live, who they are, or whom they love, can learn, grow, and thrive in school. We welcome public comment on these critical regulations so we can further the Biden-Harris administration's mission of creating educational environments free from sex discrimination and sexual violence.
1: Okay, uh, the whole sexual violence uh, aspect, they threw that in there to try to get people to not complain about the ruling. This is what they're doing. They are saying that if you claim to be female and you're not, you still get the same rights and access as females would. Title IX happened 50 years ago when I was in elementary school. I remember asking my teachers about it. I remember asking my, my, uh, my PE teacher. Um, I believe that my fifth grade teacher, Ms. Dysroth, I, I think that I asked her about it. And it was explained to me very simply. Boys have more access to sports and other activities than girls do. This means that girls will get the same equal access. And they meant boys and girls. They didn't mean boys that thought they were girls or girls that thought they were boys. They meant boys and girls because boys, you don't know, even need to do the word biological because boy is a is a term for a, a child who is a male. Boys had more access than girls did. This was going to even the playing field. If this also covers people like Leah Thomas, who is a man who says he's a woman, then it, the whole idea of Title IX making it fair for access to women goes out the window. This literally allowing Leah Thomas to swim against women uh, goes against the intent of Title IX. Title Nine was to ensure there would be a women's swim team if there was a man's swim team or a men's swim team. And that's what you have. But you've got a man taking a position away from a woman, which goes against what Title IX's intent was. This is ridiculous, and I don't know why they're doing it. It's not like the less than 1% of trans people in America will now say, well, I must vote for Biden or Harris or fill in the blank lefty. That's not enough to change anything. But if you've got a title that's put in place that I'm not even sure it was necessary. I was told that it was, but who knows, but if that's put in place to protect girls and women when it comes to sports and activities, how is it that you're including men in that group who simply say, I'm female today? It goes against the intention and it hurts my five daughters and it hurts the women and girls listening right now. It hurts them badly. It doesn't make any sense. It goes against what this was supposed to be about. But the second he put Rachel Levine, who's a man in as HHS undersecretary, wherever the hell she is or he is. Um, as soon as that happened, you knew this was going to be the deal as Rand Paul asked Rachel Levine about um, about children getting chemical castration and Levine wouldn't answer, you knew this was next in line. And here we are. And I won't be quiet about it. I won't. I'm not going to be quiet about it. I'm not going to have somebody tell me I can't say that Rachel Levine is a man because that's, that's who Rachel Levine is. Wants to live as a female, that's fine. I don't have a problem with you being free and liberated, but it shouldn't change policy for God's sakes. What are we talking about here? 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. A lot of you know that you're smarter than I am. I would love for you to explain to me why this is something that's necessary to take out the, the, under, the biological understanding of male and female when it comes to Title IX. Doesn't that change the entire intention? We're coming back. Stay right here.
0: This is The Joe Pags Show.
1: Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to get to. It's the Joe Pag show. Bottom, it's going to be Kate Anderson. She is a reporter from campusreform.org. I really enjoy having these young reporters on to talk about what's happening on campus. And what's happening on campus is going to make your face hurt. It's always something that's ridiculous. And uh, today is no different. So make sure you stick around for that. We've got calls coming in eight 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 nine four one PAGS eight 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 nine four one seven two four seven JoePags dot com. Title IX was put in place to ensure that girls get equal access to extracurricular activities, sports, and the like in school. That's paid for with public tax dollars. And now we're including XY people in the group of XX if they just say they are. That that's what we're doing now. And the Biden administration thinks that's okay. And they're pushing this radicalization on our country that at the end of the day is harming girls and women every single time. It makes no sense. 888 pags 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Listen, old routines uh, die hard, like those multiple cups of coffee that, that you would drink, maybe the sugary drinks that you would drink to stay alert, maybe those energy drinks. I discovered a healthier way to get sustained energy without all that caffeine and sugar, unwrap a, a, a chew or two, a, a super B tart chew, or two. In the morning, they're delicious. They taste great. Non GMO beets and grapeseed extract. Let Super Tart Chews do the rest. You're gonna feel great about what you're doing for your health and your family's gonna love it as well. I don't know if you tried the, the Super Beets powder, you can put it in your in your drink in the morning. Well these are a new part of your morning routine, Superbeats Heart Shoes. They give you the energy you need no matter how crazy the schedule gets. I want you to go and take care of this right now. Stop with all that extra caffeine, all the energy drinks and stuff. Go right now to JoeLovesBeats.com. We're making it easy for you to get started. Up to 45% off right now, plus free shipping at JoeLovesBeats.com. It's your best offer anywhere. It's available right now. Get to the website they made just for you because you listen to my program, joelovesbeats.com, dot Up to forty five percent off right now. joelovesbeats.com. dot Get these Super Beats Heart Shoes and get them today. Let me go to Dylan who's in San Antonio. Dylan, what's going on? Hi.
0: Hi, Dylan. Yeah, uh, my comment is, um, I think we're sort of miss- missing the big picture-, picture here. There is no such thing as gender. There's only biological sex. If if uh, if Thomas is referred to. As a, as a female, his teammates uh, refer to him as a female. That he is a female. He should be able to swim. They need to check their views. I have no sympathy for them. They're they're giving away the whole. They're giving away the whole thing right there. It's not about women in sports. It's about male females. That's the that's the
1: major issue. Well, it's not the other swimmers. The other swimmers are not in power. It's the coaches that are allowing it. It's the NCAA that's allowing it. It's the Biden administration that's allowing it now. I'm with you. I think that the female swimmers should all say, we're not going to swim if you got a guy swimming against us, It doesn't make any sense. But the counter argument is, well, they worked hard for that opportunity. They worked hard for that scholarship. They've, they've trained since birth to be the best gymnast or swimmer or fill in the blank person they can be. Um, why should they give up their opportunity? Because this person is in the pool. I think that if you do it in mass, I think that if you organize and say, we're not going to swim if the person with the male body parts is swimming against us, we're not going to do that. I think that at that point, the NCAA and the coach and the university have to make a decision. But they have to, they have to do it in a, in a united way. Um, I don't blame the other swimmers, the other athletes. Although, I do think they can do something about it. The onus really isn't on them. And you're right. Sex and gender are the same thing. They're synonyms. One is not a social construct, while the other one is a biological scientific thing. They're the same thing. It's only been in the past 10 years or so that we've changed the idea that gender is somehow changeable or fluid. And it's not. It doesn't make any sense. And this isn't being hateful. Live however you want to live. You just don't get the opportunity to swim against women. You don't get the opportunity to be protected by Title IX. That makes no sense. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Campus when we come back. Stay here. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this young lady back. She's a reporter over at CampusReform.org. It's Kate Anderson. Kate, how are you? Good to see you again.
0: I'm really good. It's good to see you again, Joe. I'm glad to be back on.
1: Yeah, well, glad to have you back on. You are really good. You graduated. You've got a BS <laughs> in political science. You're, you're moving from Nebraska to, to Virginia. There's a lot going on for mm-hmm. Kate Anderson, isn't there?
0: Yeah, yeah, I actually just accepted a job with Campus Reform as an official reporter uh, the day before I graduated, which was in May, and in a couple of weeks I'll be moving out here to Virginia permanently, so I'm really excited for that. It'll be different, but it'll be really fun.
1: So, so what does it feel like to, to get your, your uh, Bachelor's of Science in, um, in political science? So like, do you, do you know way more than I do about politics now?
0: <laughs> Probably not, <laughs> although I can call myself a political scientist, so that's kind of cool. But That is kind of cool. Other than that, no. I mean, I really enjoy politics and I'm excited to learn more about it, especially in the heart you know, of the country, but I don't think I probably know quite as much as you do.
1: <laughs> well, well, I'm a little bit older, so I've been doing it a little bit longer, but, but you're going yes. from Nebraska, which mm-hmm. is the heartland. I mean, the, that's yes. like flyover country. We love uh, America country. Going to go to Alexandria, Virginia, which is not so much. I mean, it's extremely liberal in Alexandria, Virginia. It's actually probably why Virginia is purple, if not leaning blue now, mm-hmm. just that one area. So what kind of culture shock is that? I mean, is life completely different on that side of the world?
0: Yeah, it is different. Uh, it's actually Arlington, but it's pretty close. Alexandria is right. Oh, did you say
1: Alexandria? It's- okay, Arlington, go ahead.
0: Yeah, Arlington, it's it's pretty close. Um I think the biggest thing that I've noticed is everybody dresses a little bit more professional here. I'm used to dressing for comfort. Yeah. Um, like Everything stuff, right? Yes. Yeah, jeans, tennis shoes, everybody here looks, you know, like they're ready to go, but you know, there's a lot going on in the capital so I totally understand, but it's been really exciting. Um, very different uh, different kind of culture like you said, different people, but I'm very excited to expand my horizons a little bit.
1: It sounds like I screwed it up. Are you Alexandria or Arlington?
0: Arlington. Yeah. Okay,
1: good. Uh, but they're right next to each other. Yes. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Because I, I was told that that part of Virginia is why it got so blue and why McAuliffe almost won. I mean, I'm, I'm thankful that he didn't, but uh, it's interesting how, how Virginia went to like totally red to the people who work in DC all live now in one part that changes the entire uh, outlook of the state. So in just going out and just experiencing life, Um is it is it more fast paced? Is it not as laid back? Is it is it as you said people are always dressing up because they're so close to the Capitol? Is it just completely a different a different place?
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you say that about having kind of the one county that really directs the uh, election results. It's very similar in that aspect in Nebraska where Omaha is very liberal. Uh that's where um that's very close to where I live. And that's very liberal and it also kind of directs Uh, the direction of the state, but in terms of just the culture, um, yes, everything is like there's pride, there's pride flags around, and people are dressed up, but people are also friendly, there's also a lot of things to do, and I think it's a great area to live in, you know it's just probably not the most red or the most conservative
1: why do we need pride flags i don't understand that if you're proud be proud you have to have a flag to show hey look my orientation boom it just it does, <laughs> i don't i don't get it i don't have a, a straight flag outside of my my studio so it's very very odd to me it is uh, kate anderson yeah. you can follow her on twitter at k l i s e Anderson at Kalise Anderson. Go and follow uh-huh. her there. Uh, we've got some stories getting to get you. You're the latest reporter to be hired by Campus Reform. Thank goodness. Uh, people <laughs> should go to campusreform.org. It's a great website where these young reporters are doing great work every day. This is an exclusive for Campus Reform. Universities pay for LGBTQ plus inclusive ranking to make money as they raise tuition. I'm not sure I understand. They, had, they paid for a higher ranking for LGBTQ plus. Fill me in.
0: Yeah, so there's a website, it's called the Campus Pride Index, and it rates schools based on how welcome or uh, inclusive the schools are to LGBTQ students. And they do that by having schools pay a membership fee of $225, and then they get ranked, and they also get access to professionals that can help them uh, implement new policies like gender-neutral restrooms, for instance, or different programs like queer camps or safety zone safety zone workshops so it's it's a very interesting trend but it's been around a while and universities are taking advantage of it
1: how's a queer camp (laughs) okay for a while for like 10 15 20 years you couldn't say the word queer now it's Mm -hmm. everywhere again and like if you don't say it then you're somehow you know a homophobe what is a queer camp do we know
0: uh, from the information that I got, it, it's at the University of Maryland, and they basically take students out in nature, and then they teach them about uh, learning their identity and how to implement different LGBTQ uh, programs and different things in their lives. So it just it's it's another way for them to really force this ideology. Uh, down students' throats. But what I think is really interesting is the financial aspect of it. I actually talked to the director of of the Campus Pride Index, and he told me that they teach schools not necessarily to gain new funds for these programs or activities, but to redirect funds. So these funds are being used, instead of going to things like math or history or science, they're being used to fund things like Queer Camp or the Safety Zone workshops. They're not being used to teach our students, which is what tax payer dollars are for and what student tuition is for. So I just thought that was very interesting.
1: Queer camp. Okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's, it's Kate Anderson from, uh, from you know, uh, leadership institutes, campusreform.org. Make sure you go to the website every day Out a gas college town gas station stops sales to protest high prices. So we're not going to sell you any gas. So you, even if you give it $10 a gallon, you, you can't get it because we're protesting that it's so expensive. Fill me in.
0: Yeah, so this owner uh, is closing down his gas station because he just feels like he's ripping off uh, his community when he's having them pay these ridiculous prices. And again, what I think is really interesting is how this is affecting college students, just kind of in general. Students at different universities across the country have been uh, going to what they're calling virtual Fridays, where instead of going to class, schools are doing on Friday during the summer only online classes to help students because they're struggling so much with gas but when I talked to different students actually at the University of George Washington the other day they said they were not happy about that possibly being implemented because they don't want to go back to COVID they don't want to go back to online they don't want to pay gas either But it just seems like there's no real good option at this point.
1: Well, I mean, you guys hated that. Those of you who were in college during the pandemic, you hated it. You wanted to go to class. You wanted to see your friends. You wanted to go and have lunch. You wanted to to learn in person from a professor, which is so much more intimate than having it online somewhere on the internet. Mm -hmm. And and I don't understand this gas station owner, and I'm not asking you to, to, to answer for him or her, but... Instead of having the gasoline available at at the price you're allowed to sell it for, and that helps out the college students, I'm just not going to sell any gas at all. That's going to prove my point. How does it prove a point if now the commodity isn't available for the kids who need it?
0: Yeah, I don't know. And I think... The college students are the ones that are really paying. Just in general, they're right. they're really they're really struggling because they have student debt on top of you know all their other expenses. And overall cost of living is really high. Inflation in May was 8.6 percent higher than it's been. Like it's it's just ridiculous. And it doesn't help when you have the Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg just telling Americans to get electric cars. Well, college students can't afford electric cars. General Americans can't afford electric cars. It's a very elitist response. Right. And it just goes to show that. College students, I think we're going to be seeing a massive dropout of college students in the fall. They just can't afford to not only pay gas, but to pay tuition increases, and it's just not working out for them.
1: I'm glad you brought up Buttigieg because um, when the Keystone XL pipeline was canceled, John Kerry was asked, well, what are these 11,000 workers going to do? He said they should go build solar panels. Yeah. As if Mm -hmm. the jobs are just laying around. Oh, there's solar panel jobs, 11,000 over here. Let's go grab those. And then Buttigieg, you're right. He said, go buy an EV. That's $50,000 minimum for a nice one. And Kate, don't tell anybody, but when you charge the electric vehicle, you're charging it probably with a coal-fired plant or maybe some other generating plant that's, I don't know, burning fuel of some yeah. sort. So your electric bill will go up. Your car payment's going to go through the roof. Most mm-hmm. people can't even qualify to afford it. But these elitists roll around, act like this is no big deal. So college students, do you think, are exponentially affected more than somebody like, like, I'm a success. I've been doing this a long time. I've got a couple of bucks. So maybe I'm not going to feel it as much as a college student would, Right.
0: Yeah, you know, I just graduated, like I said, so I worked very, very hard to graduate debt-free. I lived at home. I took a year off immediately after graduating high school, all of this to, you know, graduate debt-free. But I, you know, I've talked to so many students who have student debt and who are commuting to school and all these different things. And they're just they're struggling and they feel very disenfranchised. They're very frustrated because they want to go to college. They want to get a higher, you know, they want to get higher education. They want to get good jobs and they feel like I'm paying an arm and a leg to go to school. And then there's no guarantee that there's going to be a job when I graduate or right. my salary isn't going to be enough to cover the inflation. It, it's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. No, I think it's a very good point. It's uh, it's Kate Anderson. Go follow her now at K L I S E Anderson over on, uh, on Twitter. So let's get into this apologizing every year for past yeah. death and destruction. There's some new bill that's telling a San Francisco university to do this. Why? What? Fill me in.
0: Yeah. So there's a California bill that's uh, asking or requiring that would require the University of California Hastings College of Law to change their name. It would also require the school to give scholarships to Native American students and to have a lecture series about injustice and also make an annual apology every year. So every single year, the school would have to apologize for atrocities you know, committed by, uh, to the native Americans and this country. But how far does that go? I mean, we've heard, you know, talk about reparations and my question has always been how far, you know, generation to generation do you take that? How many generations of, you know, young people are going to have to be paying for mistakes or for the bad history of people from 200 years ago?
1: Right. Well, it's even more than 200 years ago. I mean, it's it's um, uh, you can go back as far as 400 years ago. A- and we can go back, I don't know, 1,000 years ago and go see what happened in outer Mongolia. We can go back 2,000 years ago and see what happened in Rome. So uh, at the end of the day, you're right. Either we go back as far as we possibly can through human history and apologize from the first thing that ever happened to the first person, or we realize that this is where we are today. Those who are American Indians, call themselves Native Americans, mm-hmm. are part of the United States of America. So are Black people. So are Hispanics. So are Italians like me. We were treated like crap, um, mm-hmm. you know, in in my ancestry. Um, maybe we can say equal opportunity for all. And if you can show me where there's not equal opportunity, then we'll go and we'll make sure by law those people are offered equal opportunity. The fact of going back and apologizing for bad things that happened, I mean. For goodness sakes, there's slavery today to the tune of millions of people in Africa. That's nobody, nobody's doing anything about. There are Christians being killed by Muslims in some parts of Africa and the Middle East. Nobody's doing Mm -hmm. anything about that. We should apologize for two, three hundred years ago. Really? Yeah. And these people think that's the, that's, that's going to help somehow? Mm-hmm.
0: And you know what I think is really interesting, Joe, is the fact that you have a lot of people on that side of the aisle who are saying that the right is trying to erase history by taking, you know, CRT away from middle schoolers or high schoolers. Yeah. But they're the ones tearing down statues. They're the ones trying to rename schools or libraries. They're the ones that can't stand, you know, having a Ulysses Grant statue or Robert E. Lee statue right. or this Hastings person, you know, on the university's name. And I just find that very ironic. You know, we're not out here trying to erase history, but it's also not fair to ask my generation or your generation to be paying for the mistakes of 200 years ago. Exactly. Or even 100 years ago. We are our own persons, and we should be taking care of our own mistakes and, you know, rejoicing in our own triumphs.
1: I don't know anybody on the right. I'm on the right. Nobody that I know who's on the right wants to erase history, but mm-hmm. we also don't want to de-unify. We don't want to segregate again. And what the exactly. left is doing by bringing up CRT or we have to celebrate... Juneteenth or else you're a racist. You fill in the blank, you know, uh, the 1619 Project. If you don't buy into this crap, BLM, then you're somehow a racist, but every single one of these things I just mentioned, that you just mentioned, are separatist organizations or separatist movements. They want to resegregate, and people are gladly, young people your age who happen to fall on the left, who might be people of color who've fallen for it, want to resegregate themselves after so much work went into unifying us. That's got to be maddening for somebody your age to see that. There's a BIPOC freaking dormitory now. Really? You're separating anybody who's white can't go there? Are you serious? And and they're like gladly doing it. The left has succeeded in redoing what they did before, but this time not by force. They've got people indoctrinated to believe it. What what are your thoughts on that as a young young person watching this resegregation of our society?
0: Yeah, you know, I, I remember reading in history about segregation and about what all that entailed and it's been very interesting to watch slowly especially over the last i would say 10 years but even more so the last five years that we've slowly started to push for more and more segregation we want you know safe spaces we want black spaces we want queer spaces we want you know asian spaces we want all these spaces you know the dorms like you said having segregated dorms and you just that all goes back to what we had before it's just now under a new name we've christened it in a different way and students are buying it they they believe that and i think that's because they're very much disenfranchised with the actual morals and components of society that make up a true identity. They, right. they need an identity desperately, and they don't have it. And that's, that's something that we see across the country in general. It's not just college students, but I think we're going to see it worse with this next generation of college students.
1: It's Kate Anderson from CampusReform.org. Make sure you go and check out everything she does and all of the other correspondents there as well. They do a great job. Exclusive campus crime will never resolve if university leadership refuses to lead according to to a top cop. So this is this is the cop saying enough is enough. Crime's going to get worse. Stop stop attacking us and let's get some leadership.
0: Yeah, so at the University of Temple, the president announced last year in november that he was going to be increasing the campus police safety force by about 50 percent and to date he has still not done that but the crime around temple university has skyrocketed in the last uh six months there's been an average of seven shootings per month and the president hasn't said anything and i you know as if i was a parent or if i was a college student i would be wondering i would want to hold that president accountable and say if you really want my student you know to be safe why are you not Why are you not acting on your promise? Yeah. Why are you not following through on that? But the truth is, you know, police officers just don't want to work on these campuses. They don't. They're not welcome there. That's very clear. They're not welcome in America in general.
1: Is Is the president trying to 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 balance? We hate the police. Defund the police and safety on campus. Is that why the the university president hasn't done it yet, or just incompetence?
0: You know, know. they they haven't said. Uh, he made he's made no announcement since the original announcement in November, but there's there's different theories going around, and there's also just a lot of stuff that we've already seen you know happen when it right. comes to police. There are a lot of anti-cop demonstrations at different universities. At the University of California, Davis, uh, just recently there was a uh, vandalism of just the school property for an anti-cop protest. You know, that's that's happening all the time and then we also saw in 2020 just in general in Minneapolis in New York, you know, they they pushed so hard to defund the police and then crime skyrocketed. In Minneapolis alone it was it's it went up over 34% and then they had to bring in more police. But from what we're seeing police are not we're not having new police recruits and police are retiring because they know that America in general, but also universities do not welcome them. They do not want them there. So why would you want to work for someone that hates you?
1: No, it's a great question. I I think it makes perfect sense. I hope that we'll stop this, defund the police, the attacks on the police sooner than later. Then people can start getting safer again. It's Kate Anderson. Uh, Follow her, K-L-I-S-E Anderson, over on Twitter, at Kalise Anderson. Kate, good to see you again. Congratulations on all your success. Let's talk again soon.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Joe, for having me on. I really appreciate it. You bet.
1: Anytime. We're back after this. Stay right here.
0: This is the Joe Pag Show.
1: Always appreciate Campus Reform coming on. Make sure you go follow everything that they do. We do have some time for some pop to pop Twitter up. Talk to you, Polo. So I don't know if you saw this, but um, Nancy Pelosi's husband will face criminal charges and possibly jail time for his DUI arrest. Did not see that. I'm glad because the guy was in in an accident while driving drunk. Come on. Right. he got two misdemeanors, um, driving under the influence of alcohol, causing injury, and driving with .08 blood alcohol level or higher, causing injury. There you go. All right, we got to go. That's Polo. That's Sam. That's Carrie. I'm Joe. We'll see you tomorrow, Bike. This is the Joe Peg Show.